Welcome, my friends, to the Northern Kentucky Spotlight. We appreciate you joining us here today as we talk about all the great things happening in Northern Kentucky. I'm Catherine Nero, alongside Jeremy Schrand, the Marketing and Communications Director for the Northern Kentucky Chamber of Commerce. Uh, one week off. We had a whole week off, Jeremy. So much to talk well, about today. Well, we, we had a week off from the podcast, but that's what I mean. Not a week off. <laughs> <laughs> Never a week off. You know, working from home really means working all the time. That's the way I like to look at it. But that's perfectly fine when you're talking about great things happening. So let's get to it. What are the wonderful guests that we're going to hear from today here on the spotlight? Uh, we got Courtney's coming back with another interview with the mayor this uh, week. It is the mayor of Independence. So that should be interesting to hear about what's going on there. Um, and then we have uh, Keith Daniels and uh, Randy Frickman um, with the company called Tour With Us Kentucky, and they're talking about all their cool tours that they're doing on the B-Line, which is the northern part of the Bourbon Trail. So you're going to want to hear about you, those. I'm telling you, if you need to get out of your house, speaking of working from home, this is the interview for you. You're going to want to hear this one because it's a great opportunity to get out in a safe manner without having to you know, go too far or do too much. So it's just yeah. perfect. That's all coming your way in a bit. And of course, we want to thank our title sponsor, CVG, our studio sponsor, the LNN Federal Credit Union, and our digital sponsor, C Crew Consulting, for all of your support. And we thank you for being here too. Hey, before we go any further, we're going to hear from our sponsors coming up in just a few seconds here. But I want you to hit subscribe and share wherever you are. Make sure people know all the great stuff happening here in Northern Kentucky. So get the word out. But stick with us because the Northern Kentucky Spotlight's coming right back. Sometimes life is hectic. Choosing a mortgage lender shouldn't be. The LNN 55 Mortgage offers competitive rates, no PMI, and up to 100% financing. That's a mortgage that comes with peace of mind. Whether you're purchasing a new home or refinancing, you'll feel right at home with LNN. We're local, trusted, and we'll be here for you even after your closing. Call 800 292 2905 and get started on your 55 mortgage. LNN Federal Credit Union. Welcome home. Hello everyone, my name is Courtney Clyer, and I'm joined today by Chris Reinersman, the mayor of the City of Independence, uh, which is also the home to the second courthouse, the, the first courthouse of Kenton County, um, which I don't know if everyone knows. I'm from Campbell County where we also have a second courthouse, so I always find these things interesting. Um, thank you so much for, for joining me today, uh, Mayor Reinersman, and for agreeing to chat a little bit about what's going on in your city. Uh, Courtney, I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. Well, first, I'd like to start off with um, what do you think Northern Kentucky's greatest assets are? And if if you might have to say something to someone to convince them to to come to Northern Kentucky or to your city in particular, um, what might you say to them? Well, I'd say our assets to to attract business. Um, I think we've got a great workforce here, um, and we've got a, a very diverse workforce. So I think that's certainly an asset. The community itself to live here, whether you're bringing workers in or, or have a place where people want to live and work, though, I think being part of the metropolitan area is a huge advantage. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, we, we've got professional sports teams, we've got theater, we've you know we've, we've got all these things. We've got some so many great recreation options here. Um, so I think it really is. It's a great place to live, and and you know, as far as coming to Independence, I, obviously that's the finest city in Greater Cincinnati. But I may be a little biased, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I think these are the things we have to offer. And, you know, you come to Independence and we've got, despite the fact we're the, uh, we're the you know, 15th largest city in the state, it's got a definite small town feel. And you can get that. And, and you can move to Covington and you can just have that, that exciting urban core vibe. They've got so much going on down there. And certainly the same with Newport and, and, and with Cincinnati's urban core. Uh, there are just so many options. 
Uh, so you really do have a, have a, have a, a plethora of choices here. Yeah, I think Independence is one of those great places where you have a little bit of everything. Things are, you know, accessible, but you still have a pretty quiet, like you said, kind of small town feel to it. Um, we do. We, yeah, we like I, to say I had a, I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're our, fine. Our former police chief used to say uh, where where the city meets the country. We had city, city meets the country problems. And uh, we don't have a lot of problems, but it really is the feel here. I mean, it is, it is I, I live in, in downtown Independence. Uh, right down the street from that courthouse, and it's not unusual f- for a tractor to go by. Um, so yeah, you'll you'll still have that feel. But again, we're a city of twenty eight thousand, and uh, yeah, a pretty substantial city. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and that's something that city coming to doesn't have is uh, tractors probably going down the road. So, um, so my next question is about transportation and infrastructure. So that's something we talk a lot about at the chamber. I think everyone's here heard uh, Brent talk about it by now. Um, so it's something that's always top of mind. Um, I was wondering, what are some of the transportation or infrastructure concerns you guys have within your city? Um, and if there's any great need for for funding projects in Northern Kentucky, if you could speak to that. Absolutely. And yes, that is uh, that is certainly one of one of my biggest priorities is Kentucky 536. And mm-hmm. I, I know the chamber is behind that and re- really we, we've been focused on it for, for a lot of years, uh, and, and we've seen a regional focus toward it over these last couple of years, particularly, and certainly grateful for that. Um, I met with Senator Thayer last year, uh, and he brought all the powers to be together, but he, he told me that this is my number one transportation project in the state right now. And, and, he's, and he's shown that to be true uh, through a lot of things he's done to facilitate this. So um, that, that is really a high priority for us. It'll be a game changer for independence. It uh, gets us to the interstate uh, much more quickly and safely, but it also opens up some real opportunity in the uh, southwestern corner of the city for for potential industrial development. Um, so it is, yeah, it is it is a high priority, and we I'm good for a couple of trips to Frankfurt every year to beat the 536 drum, as I say. Um, I was in a meeting at the transportation cabinet a few weeks ago on a 536 issue. It is it is first and foremost uh, for us, and again because it's such a game changer. We're we're a bedroom community, and that's not a sustainable model. We need to bring business to the city, and that that will get it here quickly. Well, we will definitely keep your advocacy in mind for that come the 2021 session. You know, we never know exactly what's going to be coming up, um, but 536 is a, is a guarantee. And, yeah, definitely we talk about it a lot at the chamber. Um, what What is the – do you know what the current status is of that? You know, where where they've made any momentum on that? Has it been stalled for a while? No, it's actually in pretty good shape, particularly when you look at all the other road projects in the state. And that was part of our meeting uh, a couple weeks ago with Bob Yeager, the chief engineer at District 6. Um, they, as I understand it, this this project is ready to be let. Uh, it was it was actually programmed, the first phase, and this is, let me back up a little, it's broken up into four phases. <clears throat> Excuse me. So phase one basically takes us from, let's call it the Boone County line, it's actually the railroad bridge for, um, to Kentucky 1303, which is the Bristow Road where it goes to Beach Grove School. So it's about a, I want to think about a mile and a half, mile to a mile and a half session of road. Um, that is programmed to, it was programmed for this year. Things have been pushed back, obviously, due to coronavirus, but they're in, they anticipate this breaking ground and they're being let in the spring and getting construction started next year. Oh, so, wow, that's uh, great. Yeah. Yeah, so it is very exciting, and our big fear was, you know, with obviously with with uh, fuel tax dollars being so far down as a result of the coronavirus that, excuse me, uh, 
they talk about coronavirus and cough. It's, it's allergies, I promise. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, yeah, exactly. I'm going, I'll mask up. Um, if uh, it, it, the uh, yeah, or our concern was it was going to get fall by the wayside. Uh, but what what Bob tells us is the funding is in place. We've got federal dollars there, and this is not going to be a project that's suspended as a result of this. So, you know, knock on wood, uh, we are very hopeful that that this is really going to happen. Unfortunately, this we've been hearing about this happening since 2001. So, you know, in, until I see a ground being broken, it's you're, you're, you keep your fingers crossed. Right. Yeah. You don't want to hold your breath on that. But that's really encouraging to hear. And I it's something that's so important, like you said, for for business development and for, you know, long term sustainability, long term sustainability. Um, yeah, certainly a top concern. Um, and you spoke about a little bit mentioned coronavirus, so I wanted to ask you, I know City of Independence is one of the places that, that went forward with some of their Fourth of July festivities, which we are all craving this year. Um, and I know I understand that it looked a little bit different. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what kind of measures you guys put in place and if you guys anticipate adapting other kind of city traditions in coming months. No, that's a great question, and we did, and uh, and I'm afraid in some circles uh, there's a perception that I'm a bit of a rebel, and I'm not. Um, I, I firmly believe in wearing masks. I firmly believe that the virus is real, uh, and I and I take that seriously. So I wrestled with that quite a bit, but at the same time, this is Independence. Independence Day is a big day for us. Uh, so trying to figure out what to do. So the fact I've taken on several things, I did the same thing with our budget, is lay everything in place that I can and then just keep pushing back the decision until we have a clearer idea because, as it's called, this is the novel coronavirus. We, we don't know where, where things are headed. So, you know, we started laying some initial groundwork. We, we got, I didn't want to get to a point where we spent any, any money on or, or substantial time on it. So we laid some initial groundwork, decided in early June I would make the call by, by June, the final call by June 15th. And at that point, we were leaning heavily towards, you know, this, this event is a two-day festival, a parade, a car show. Uh, and then it, it all culminates with some spectacular fireworks that l really are rated among the top 10 in the state every year. Uh, so it's, it's quite a show. It's a half-hour fireworks show. Um, so yeah, we, it became pretty clear if we were going to do any semblance of a festival, it wasn't going to involve rides. You know, we could potentially, if we got rid of the rides, space the booths out. But as we got closer, realized it's just irresponsible to think about bringing that many people together. We, you know, on a, on a, on a, any given year, we will bring... 10 to 20,000 people to this festival. Um, at fireworks time, you know, we've estimated as much as 30,000 in the in that whole area surrounding Memorial Park. And that's just too many people to bring together. So in the end, what we decided to do is move forward with the parade. We extended the parade route uh, to Simon Kenton High School instead of the, you know, the town center. So they had about another half mile to the route, maybe. Uh, so that gave us a two and a half mile parade route. We promoted it heavily and we encouraged people come out for it. We moved it to an earlier time with the idea that tell people, you know what, come, we'll have a parade spread out. We're giving you more room to do it. Be sure to social distance, spread everything out. Um, we're moving it to 11 from three in the afternoon to 11 in the morning. And then, you know, this is a great year for grill outs. The festival's canceled. So, you know, have a, have a family get together, get together with some neighbors, whatever you want to do. Um, we're trying to accommodate that. And, and then, and then it'll all culminate with the fireworks. So we went to Vito's, uh, Vito's here in Independence, who does our fireworks show, and said, look, this is a different year. As you know, help us out here. We want to get rid of all the low stuff, um, things that you would only see from the park. And, 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 and Vito and his crew do a spectacular job on, on some really cool pyrotechnics up close. Said, 
not this year. Uh, and they did a great job doing it high. So just just give us the high burst stuff as high as you can. So, you know, we were trying to keep everything from 200 to 500 feet in the air, uh, which obviously allows you a whole lot more room to see it. So so we did. We did a few test shots. We realized, well, you couldn't see it from the whole city. It's 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 geographically, we're about the third largest in the state, I've heard. I've, I've never confirmed that. But that's a lot of area to see fireworks from. So after some test shots, we realized that, uh, well, you know, people on the east side, west side of town aren't going to be able to see it. So told people, you're welcome to come here. You're welcome to come to Memorial Park and view it. There'll be nothing going on there. As long as you can social distance and if it starts to fill up, we'll have to close the park. The whole town center area always fills up with people watching from their cars, sitting on their cars. That's fine. Do that. But when I was worried about not seeing it from the bigger parts of town, I reached out to uh, Dr. Webb at Kenton County School District mm. and said, Dr. Webb, can you help me out? We've, uh, we're asking everybody to social distance. We're afraid we don't have room. We know we can see these from Simon Kenton and from some of you, uh, two of the schools here in our main corridor. And, uh, and, and it could could we use the lot? We'll have a police officer in, in on at the time of the fireworks, and you know I'll send my crew in to clean up the next day. And and Dr. Webb was absolutely we're happy to help. Tell tell him to come on out. You're fine. So, in the end, I think we had a really successful event. Uh, the park never did fill up. We uh, we we had somebody pull a camper in at about six in the morning. Uh, the police had to tell him, yeah, we can't really let you camp out here for the day. Um, so we moved them along. We closed the we closed the park to vehicle traffic for fear of a lot of that happening, and we didn't want to encourage that park to be packed. Uh, but by seven o'clock, there weren't many people there, so people were really listening to if you can watch them from home, do it. And uh, so we opened up the vehicles. The parking lot filled up, but you know that park wasn't even at ten percent of capacity at fireworks time. People were had no problem spreading out. So, yeah, we had a we had a great event, and I feel good about what we did. That's great. Yeah, I'd say, and it's 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 really interesting to hear kind of all the thought process and all the planning that went into it behind it, um, because I know a lot of cities were in that hard position. It's like, okay, what does it look like? You know, can we still do it? And how long can you wait before you can really pull the trigger on it? And certainly for Independence, like you said, that's a that's a pretty important day for the city of Independence. Yeah, we uh, we we couldn't let it slide by, and that kind of we we tested the waters. We do this. Uh, we mentioned other events. We, uh, we do this party at the park on the second Thursday of the month when this year we thought, you know, we have a band and food trucks and, and beer sales and uh, we usually have bouncy houses, things like that. Well, the first one was in June and we realized, you know, what well, we can't do that. But at the same time, people people desperately want to get out. So got to love my, my public services crew. Got them out there. We've got our, uh, our amphitheater is a big bulk, similar to the concert bowl in Devoo Park. Um, so that whole hillside, they get out there with field paint and they painted a grid. Uh, gridded off the entire hillside, came across, and then every other square in that grid put an X in it. Um, so people could come out and listen to it. We still had the band. Our, our wonderful sponsor, Hand in Hand Realty, agreed to go go ahead with with basically paying the band for his end of the sponsorship. Um, so yeah, people could come out. They could sit on the hillside. We got rid of the, all the food trucks, just told people, bring a cooler, bring a picnic if you want, um, hang out and, and watch the show. And, and we had a, had a great event. We did it again this past Thursday. Opened a little bit more. We had our friends down at uh, Birkus and Ludlow uh, come out with his trailer and some performers, um, and you know taped off lines, just you know the six foot distances. People were standing in lines, but did it very similar. Again, had a great crowd, but great social distancing. So uh, the health department has yet to call me that a contract tra- contact tracer has uh, come up with something in uh, from that concert. So I think we're in good shape. We're trying very hard. <laughs> well, good. I say it sounds like you guys are certainly. Hey, taking all the right precautions. So I'm glad you guys could still do that. 
I think we are we are about at time. Um, but just as a quick last question, wrap up. I was wondering if you had any um, any final suggestions in terms um, for businesses and how they could work better with the city. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, we are open for business. That's my message. Um, we've got plenty of land. We've got some space. Um, and really, if you want to find anything out, if you go to our website, I've really tried to lay some groundwork there over the last several years. Uh, so you can go to our website to demographics and you can find available properties. Uh, we subscribe to LoopLink, so we're getting everything that goes through commercial brokers uh, for available space, available land. Uh, we've got a ton of demographic data on there, broad stuff, as well as you know some drill down things for specifics for restaurants, specifics for retail. So yeah, I would encourage any business, take a look at that and, uh, and you'll really see what we have to offer. Um, it's a uh, there's some pretty impressive numbers out here. Well, sounds great. Thank you so much for coming on today, Mayor Reinersman, and uh, we will send it back to Jeremy and Catherine. Thanks so All much. Right. Ranking on Google search and maps is easy to understand, but hard to do. It requires constant effort and attention, uploading new photos, responding to Google reviews, writing weekly posts, and checking suggested updates. Google listing optimization takes experience and time and there are no shortcuts. C-Crew gives your Google My Business account the steady, consistent attention it needs to be effective, optimizing, updating, and expanding critical content every single week. From local retail stores to large regional networks, C-Crew generates content, establishes benchmarks, and creates dramatic, measurable increases in engagement. So what can C-Crew do for your business? More calls, more clicks, more clients. Welcome back to the Northern Kentucky Spotlight. And right now we're gonna talk about one of our favorite subjects here, <laughs> bourbon. All right, so before we get to bourbon, we actually gotta to get to bourbon and that's where these two gentlemen will come in uh, and help us out. Randy Frickman and Keith Daniels are joining us now. Um, and I could try to explain your business guys, but I'm gonna let you do it. Explain to us how uh, Daniels Industries and tour with us Northern Kentucky kind of got started and what it's all about. Well, thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Jeremy. We appreciate the time to join you guys today. Um, back in 1998, um, in the corporate world that I was working at the time, there was a need for a corporate black car transportation. So I formed a company called Executive Services Group, which catered to high-end executives, C-level people who needed transportation of all kinds. So we currently operate a fleet of 14 vehicles and um, one of the things that we do well is we do transportation. We get you from, from the time we pick you up till the time we drop you off, we take good care of you. So uh, a couple years ago, Randy and I, we've been uh, friends for over 20 years and Ra Randy is a bourbon connoisseur. I will tell you, he knows a lot more about bourbon than I do. I can probably drink it as good as he does, but uh, he definitely knows more about it. But uh, the heritage and the history from the Commonwealth in in the bourbon background is just amazing so uh, i had uh, i had a fleet of vehicles that were sitting around on the weekends and not being used since they're corporately used monday through friday so we came up with a business plan and a strategy and last fall we kicked it off and uh, kicked it off with great gusto up until uh, you know covid 19 hit but uh, we're coming back and uh, i'll kind of uh, kick it back to uh, to you guys but uh, we're in the transportation business and we, we, we do transportation well. 
So that um, that new company that you guys have formed is called Tour With Us Kentucky. And and we're kind of, we dance around a little bit. We're, we mentioned the bourbon, um, but it's the it's the bourbon trail, right? It's it's the Beeline, which is up in Northern Kentucky and the bourbon trail. Tell us about where people can go and, and, and what these tours are like. Absolutely. So yeah, bourbon is hot and uh, uh, Kentucky is the leader of it, right? 95% of the bourbon uh, in the world is made uh, in Kentucky. And so uh, there's a lot of proud heritage that we have here. And so um, bourbon's great. It's fun. Um, there, uh, what's interesting is the, the uh, Kentucky Bourbon Trail. They see over 1.4 million people a year. They get that many visits uh, a year. And 70% of that comes from people that live out of the state, which is pretty phenomenal. Now, you do look at those numbers. That's all pre-COVID. Um, that certainly has turned things upside down. Um, but uh, bourbon's still here. And really uh, what we're doing is we're focusing on the Northern Kentucky Beeline and craft distillers. Uh, there are quite a number of distilleries, uh, large and small, um, that are both under the KDA or the Kentucky Distillers Association or the, or the Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Um, the five distilleries in Northern Kentucky are New Riff, uh, Second Sight Spirits, Boone County uh, Distilling, and then um, Old Pogue Distillery. Um, and so really that's that's where we're beginning our focus. We're, we're based out of Northern Kentucky, and the idea is for us to be able to get people from point A to point B, or really from point A to point B, C, D, and then back to A, right, in a safe way. Um, our, our, our motto is uh, sip responsibly. And so that's where the transportation kind of comes in. And it's, and it's certainly a big focus for the distilleries because they want people to be safe too. Um, and so this is a neat way to get people from their homes to the, to the Northern Kentucky Beeline and really experience uh, the distilleries on the Beeline. There's such great history, uh, really starting with Old Pogue. Um, they were one of the, they were the third distiller to ever get uh, the distiller's license in Kentucky. Uh, late 1800s. So, um, and then, you know, then you see the, the development of, of New Riff and Boone County Distilling and Second Sight, and then also Neely Family Distillery, which is in Sparta. Um, so that makes up the five distilleries. Um, and they all have really good products, really good branding, um, and they do a wonderful job uh, with their tours. They really give you not just the history of bourbon, people are beginning to learn everything about bourbon. So it's it's kind of hard that you go from one to the next and you hear the same thing, how bourbon's made. But what these distilleries do is they really tell more about their story, what makes them unique. Um, and that's, that's, that's what we're doing is we're, we're trying to get people from uh, to those distilleries and, and back home safe. What, what brought on this idea other than a love for bourbon? What made you uh, come up with this concept of using these? And it's brilliant, you know, use these uh, vehicles that are not used on a weekend for something that people need them for on a weekend. Sure. Well, I was in a job transition uh, two years ago, and I was looking for something different to do. Um, I had been in, in an industry for 16 years, really, really almost 25 years, and um, I was just looking for something to do. Now, I'm kind of back into that industry, but my interest in bourbon and my relationship with Keith really just kind of sparked this idea that, hey, there are opportunities for us to pick up some unique new business uh, in Northern Kentucky, beginning in Northern Kentucky, beginning with the B-Line. Um, uh, you know, the B-Line looks at, you know, they're kind of the one of the gateways or a gateway to bourbon country. 
And so we just saw that as an opportunity to, hey, let's let's explore this. Let's talk about it. Um, let's come up with an, a concept. We talked with quite a number of people, including uh, Julie Kirkpatrick with the uh, Meet NKY. Uh, she's a, um, a big driving force uh, for um, the Meet NKY and their promotion of the Northern Kentucky Beeline. Um, and it just kind of kept growing from there. And, and quite honestly, uh, you look at the, the uh, services that Keith has provided and the reputation that he has built uh, and the connections that he has had in, his, in the, in, in the travel industry, if you would, uh, really kind of catapulted us as a, um, someone that, that uh, the Beeline is looking uh, to, to build more relationships with. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. So um, we've talked about the distilleries and all the cool places you get to go. What What is the travel experience like? Is it a big tour with lots of people and a big old bus? Is it like you know smaller buses, smaller cars, private tours? Like how, how do the how do your guys' tours work? Well, uh, now that we're still in COVID, <laughs> um, the uh, what we're focusing really is uh, groups of ten people or less. Mm -hmm. And that's really what the distilleries are looking for as well. In fact, some of the distilleries at this point are accepting groups of six people or less. So everyone's being very cautious as they reopen uh, back their businesses for tours and tastings. Um, so we, we, we have uh, 14 passenger uh, transit vans that uh, can hold up to 14 people. But again, we're limiting it to 10 or less. And um, it's, uh, it's really, uh, we, we have kind of set packages that we offer or recommend, but we can also customize. But a, but a typical trip, it would either be maybe a five-hour day or a seven-hour day, kind of depending where we're going. Um, we have what we've established as uh, three primary, uh, what we'll call beeline trails. So we have the beeline trail north, which would be that we would take your group from, uh, to Boone County Distillery, Second Site, um, Spirits, and New Riff. Mm -hmm. uh, that, so that's the North Trail. We have a Beeline Trail to Maysville. Um, that would take you to Old Pogue uh, Distillery. Then also the Kentucky Gateway Museum in uh, Maysville, which they have uh, a part of their exhibit is the Old Pogue Experience. And it's a separate building, and it's all about bourbon. Uh, Maysville, uh, years back, had uh, I think up to four distilleries that were operating uh, pretty much up until uh, prohibition. Um, and so they show a real uh, unique history about Maysville and bourbon. Um, the, the museums need to because they have other exhibits uh, that, you know, people that if you get to Maysville and you see this museum, you'll be amazed at really that what's there. It's just really neat. Also part of that, uh, Beeline Trail to Maysville is that we include a stop to Baker Bird uh, Winery and Distillery. Ooh, yeah. Um, have you seen it? It's, it's, it's everybody's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> their, their wine cellar, I think it's the uh, oldest uh, wine cellar in the country. And uh, their winemaking goes back to, I think, colonial days. Um, so it's fascinating to see it. And now they've gotten into bourbon too. They actually have a, a family recipe that they've uncovered through the archives of a bourbon that they were making, you know, many, many years ago. Um, so uh, it's just, a, that's a that's a neat trail. Um, and then the third trail we have is the Beeline, what we call the Beeline Trail Southbound. 
Um, and that would be uh, taking you to, from Boone County Distillery to Neely Family Distillery, which has a very unique history. Um, their family comes from Eastern Kentucky and we're moonshiners and they have just a lot of great stories to tell and they have a great mix of spirits. They make a, a really nice bourbon. Uh, of course, they're in the moonshine. Um, and of course, all of them, they're making all, they're all making hand sanitizer as well. Um, so, um, so, uh, so then it's, so it's Neely. And then we offer, uh, the ability then to go down to the Kentucky artisan distillery, um, the, uh, which is in, um, Crestwood or the, the uh, LaGrange area. So it's just kind of down the road from Neely family distillery. Um, options there. And, and Keith, I'm curious, uh, you know, obviously all over the area, Kentucky in general, Northern Kentucky is kind of taking a hit as far as tourism goes. What's it like for your business, which was in a tourism adjacent space, I guess, in that right. travel part of it, um, to be a part of kind of bringing back tourism to Northern Kentucky? Well, Catherine, that's a good question. But what we've actually started to feel, we've we've reached out to quite a few of our corporate customers and we've got three corporate groups booked in August because they're going to use them as team right. building events because Perfect. people are working from home. They're starting to get really tired of working from home. <laughs> so Randy and I have come up with a way to customize a couple of these things to basically make them corporate basically team building events to get people back acclimated to spending some time together. And we're doing, you know, just what we said before, we're taking care of the transportation, getting the tour set up. And, and Jeremy, to answer your question with some of the distilleries, they're excited to see some new business come in. And from a corporate standpoint, some of your best spend customers are going to be folks that have the discretionary income to once they get to a, wine, a distillery, they're going to buy the product. So we're hopeful, at least that we're seeing some signs of, of rebirth again, because on the corporate side, corporate people are looking for something to do that doesn't require an airplane ride or three yeah. or four days out of town. Yeah. So we're going to we've we've we got a big push. We've got a big campaign, actually, that's going to start next week with all of our corporate customers to do the corporate get back out together, do some team building. Uh, folks are. Folks are wanting to spend some time together with folks that they're tired of, of the Zoom meetings. They want to do something fun together. Yeah. Well, and I let, so many people have kind of like a, a small quarantine bubble. So they're like seeing some of their friends, but not all of them. And exactly. it'd be great to get that your little small quarantine bubble, get it on a bus and go, go get yeah. some. That's bourbon. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how do we how do we do this? How do we book a tour? Yes. Okay. Well, the best place to start is with our website, tourwithusky.com. Um, it lays out what the uh, what the uh, trail package offers offerings that we have. Um, you also have the ability through the website to um, look at what other custom trail packages you could develop. But it's then reaching out to us what your interest level is, what kind of what dates you're looking at, how many people, um, and then we just kind of build it from there. Awesome, perfect. Well, yeah. you know, in, in a time as Jeremy mentioned and and Keith, you as well. We want to get out. We want to do something. This is a great way to have a staycation, but be some, something completely different than what we're used to. Uh, good luck. This sounds great. Uh, sounds yeah. just perfect. We're, we're very excited and we want everybody to sip responsibly. We we will do just that. Yeah. yeah. Closing in on happy hour. We can do that. Well, That's Randy right. and Keith, it's we appreciate it. Somewhere. 
That's right. That's right. It always is. We appreciate it so much, you guys joining us. And uh, hey, stick around. The Northern Kentucky Spotlight continues in just a little bit. We're going to be talking about all the headlines you may have missed this week. So stick with us. CVG Airport is the lowest fare airport in the tri-state region with 54 non-stop flights and direct international service to seven destinations, including Paris, France, and now home to both DHLs and Amazon's global cargo hubs. The airport is furthering its position as leader in aviation and is deeply committed to being an economic driver for the community. You can learn more and start your next adventure at CVGAirport.com. And welcome, oh, sorry, I, I have two notifications. I apologize, hold on. Welcome back to the Northern Kentucky Spotlight. Hey, uh, it's time to talk about the, the week in review. There's been a lot going on, and so we're going to get you caught up. Number one, one of our favorite things to talk about, again, is, is, is liquid happiness, as we like to call it. In this case, Braxton Beer. Braxton's making headlines, and this is incredible. They're expanding now to Cincinnati. So Braxton, of course, has their original tap room in Covington. They've got the Barrel House in Fort Mitchell. They've got Braxton Labs in Bellevue at the party source there. Now they're headed to the Pendleton over the Rhine kind of line right there. This is the old Three Points Urban Brewery. Uh, the folks there decided to focus on their restaurant, so the brewery was available. Braxton's like... We'll take it. I want you to think about this. In the middle of a very difficult economy for breweries and in any kind of retail uh, restaurant bar situation, they're expanding. Um, and, you know, Braxton's already been named even before this, the fourth fastest growing regional brewery of 2019. And so now in 2020, they're just continuing it. It's going to be great to see. And that should happen um, in the next uh, several months. They say it should be open by the end of the year. Yeah, it's it's great seeing Braxton kind of expand across. I love the video they put out too, where they're like going across the suspension bridge. It's really cool. Um, speaking of going across state lines, <laughs> <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna bring the room down a little bit here. Travel advisory. Um, so, yeah. Kentuckys who travel to any state with 15% or higher rate of coronavirus will be asked to quarantine for 14 days upon returning home. You know, this is just to kind of keep people safe. So, um, if you head out and you you're in a state where it's um, a little higher. We want to make sure that you're not bringing it back and causing our numbers to rise. Um, this was issued by the governor, and it is a, it is a, um, a request, not a requirement. Um, and the states that are currently affected are Alabama, Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Nevada, South Carolina, and Texas. Um, and then I think after the announcement, uh, Mississippi, Mississippi and Puerto Rico have also hit up gone up above that 15 percent um line which i love puerto rico and it's sad to hear yeah <laughs> but it's tough yeah. and you know the if there's good news in this is if you start looking at the numbers and the state you're going to drops below 15 percent, you're good you don't have to uh quarantine when you get back but yeah um it's tough but a lot of states are doing this and, and in fact ohio just kind of added the same uh parameters um it seems like kentucky's leading the way in the kentucky ohio kind of continuum there. Um, speaking of Governor Bashir and Lieutenant Governor Coleman, they outlined guidance for schools this fall. And, um, you know, it's been, I know parents, I know you probably were, you know, wondering mm. what's going to happen. Where's yeah. your kid? You know, where's my kid going to go to school? Is it going to be in my kitchen again? Um, and the, the answer right now is, well, we don't know. But the good news is they're going to leave it really up. There's a lot of leeway for local um, local districts. And so basically the state uh, mandated some, you know, just some guidelines, really, not even mandates of social distancing and wearing masks and contact tracing, sanitation, those sorts of things. But they're really allowing schools to make the, the decisions. And what that means is they're allowing 
unlimited non-traditional instruction days, meaning if you got to go home, if the numbers get too high, you can do it as long as you need to. Um, they're also that that whole thing where, especially for public schools, they um, require they had a da a average daily attendance. So like you got money based on how many kids were in school. Um, they don't they're not going to do that. And then for kids who need a little bit of help on the mental health spectrum or behaviorally, they're allowing for some more funding for that. Um, that was a big concern as well. You know, how are those kids going to get help? So there's they're trying to do everything they can still no hard and fast, you know, like yeah. answers. I do know the Covington Diocese this week came out and said they're going to start school in the fall in person. Um, Kenton County's still waiting. Boone County's yeah. still waiting. Campbell County. Like, it's still kind of all up in the air as far as what's going to yeah. happen. We'll keep you posted. Uh, from Kenton County, like, what they've kind of told us is we're going to have three options to choose from. Like, mm -hmm. that in-person, the, like, live um, at home so you're like basically the kids are in the classroom digitally um, mm -hmm. and then there's like a work at your own pace so like if um, you know the, like there's some kind of weird thing where the kids can't work until later in the night whether it being with the parents work and stuff so they're really trying to do as many options as possible um, for all these parents and um, it's it's nerve-wracking for everybody yeah yeah, even for kids. I mean, you know, especially with kids, you know, like it, I was just at, um, you know, a, a Target this week and it's like back to school. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're going back to school. Like it feels so long since they've been in school. It's hard to remember. But uh, so, yeah, yeah, we'll keep you posted there. And um, I know Kenton County's doing the survey next week. So we should learn hopefully by beginning of August there. Yeah. A lot of schools will be starting in you know mid-August anyway. Yeah. Um, Covington, you know, speaking of mid-August and into Labor Day, Covington's decided uh, not to participate in uh, Riverfest. This came at the uh, end of a commission meeting this week. Mayor Meyer basically said, you know, I don't think we're going to do it. That's essentially how, how he phrased it. Newport has already come out and said, no, we're not doing it. And the question is, is there going to be a Riverfest? I mean, um, yeah. the, the fireworks themselves, that's even in question. Um, you know, I mean, fireworks themselves can be done socially distant. But the question is, will people stay away? And that's right. why Covington and Newport are saying, no, we're not going to take part in this. We don't want the liability. So, you know, again, still to be determined about where the fireworks, if, if they're going to happen at all. Yep. Um, also we got some new law. It's, it's, it's funny because we've got all this coronavirus stuff and all these like mandates and things coming from the governor. So you, you kind of forget that some laws were passed yeah. In yeah. On, June, on June 15th. Um, Senate bill two requires uh, Kentucky voters to show voter ID to vote. It's starting in November. So you got to have your ID ready for um, the next huge election that we have coming up. Um, there are law um, suits in federal and state court to try to block the enforcement of this law. You know, that, that, whole voter ID law stuff is always a kind of a contentious issue. Um, and then also the another one of our favorites, breweries. There's a theme today. Yeah, breweries and wineries and distilleries um, within or outside Kentucky can ship alcohol straight to customers now. And I know that Braxton had talked about working mm -hmm. through this. Um, uh, so I can't wait to see what they're going to do. I, I know like some of our my friends that live in Ohio, they get like beer delivered to their house all the time. Yeah. I'm like, man, I wish we had that. Well, now we do. So, yeah. um, and you know, awesome. it really does help the the businesses. And as you mm -hmm. know, as, as we mentioned before, we, you know, just talked to the folks from tour with us, KY, it, um, this is a big business. This is big business in our state and the ability to be able to, to deliver it is gigantic. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll take all we can get. If, like I said, if there's one thing I want to remain, it is uh, from all of this quarantine mess. It is curbside it, delivery. It is bring the stuff to my house. I'll take whatever it is. It'll work out just fine. Um, and hey, if you're like, hey, I want to get out of here. I want to hop on a plane. 
we are in the right place. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you why. CVG just happens to be our title sponsor. Also just got named as the lowest fare in the region. This is a U.S. Department of Transportation uh, survey, essentially. So what they did was they looked at all the top 100 airports, okay? CVG ranked 78th out of 100. That's good. Number one is the most expensive. Number 100 is the least expensive. They were 78. So the average is $316 a ticket, which means you can get some for way less than that. Just keep yeah. that in mind. National average is about 336. So again, Cincinnati is um, CVG 78. So just by comparison, listen to this. Indianapolis is 61st. Columbus is 52. Louisville is 31. Dayton is the third most expensive airport in the nation. Their average fare, $430. And it wasn't so long ago CVG was there as well, but we can thank Candace McGraw and all the great folks over there really you know, adding those low cost carriers and turning things around over there, making it really affordable and safe, by the way, to fly out of CVG. Yeah, and I remember when Dayton used to be the cheap option, yeah. and now yeah. we're beating them. Ha <laughs> ha so much. Yeah, the commute to Hebron is a lot better than the yeah. commute to uh, to Dayton. Yeah. And also, Jeremy, we've got the Chamber Roundup again today. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. <laughs> Yeehaw. Yes, uh, well, we got so much stuff going on at the Chamber. Um, I mean, if you're paying attention, uh, uh, Northern Kentucky Tribune has been covering us a lot lately because they're awesome there. Thanks, Judy. Um Dave uh, Schroeder, he wrote this really cool article for us about um, our Gateways for Growth um, welcoming plan. So you want to go to uh, the Tribune and check that article out. Um, it's really great. We also had an article, that same article, in our business journal. Um, our business journal can be found digitally if you don't get a print copy on our website under the news tab. Um, also, we've got a lot of programming coming up. Women's Initiative is going to have a free virtual programming on lever leveraging generational differences, which I think is going to be super, super interesting. And then some of our more upcoming events that are like coming at us real quickly is next week we are partnering with the education council for the education celebration um it's usually dinner this year it's a lunch and it's virtual on our facebook page so be sure to, sure to turn tune into that and what looking um as we celebrate all the great teachers and administrators and students in our region and how they're um you know doing really 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 great things even in the age of COVID 19 and you know, this nti stuff respected teachers more yeah. than uh during distance learning <laughs> one more one more really really great event that i want to mention is our um it was our best practices symposium we're now calling it best practices week and that is coming up pretty uh, uh soon we're going to split it out and you can attend up to like 20 sessions from all these great people um that and you, you can get sherm credits and stuff so it is kind of a more of an hre type thing but um there's a lot of round tables and we've got a brand new system that we're using for it so it's not i know a lot of people are getting zoom fatigue and teams fatigue but this is going to be a different system where you can network and jump in and out of different rooms and it, it feels it really feels kind of like a digital trade so you guys are going to want to check that out oh and the impact awards is coming up as well uh, on August 8th and it's a whole week of we're going to celebrate businesses that have been doing some really really great stuff so that one again is on our Facebook page but you can check out all of our events if you go to nkychamber.com slash events and you can register and then we'll send you out the emails most of them are free right now so um, check that out and, and and you can stay connected to the Northern Kentucky business community. You know it. And uh, so we've covered just about everything. Let's think uh, bourbon, beer, more bourbon. Yep, got it all. Got it all yep. in today. 
<laughs> uh, Jeremy, thank you for all your hard work. We want to thank you guys at home for watching, for listening. And of course, our wonderful sponsor, CVG, our title sponsor, our studio sponsor, uh, the Allen and Federal Credit Union, and our digital sponsor, C Crew Consulting. We appreciate all of your support. And again, we uh, appreciate you sticking around to the bitter end here. And we hope that you hit share and subscribe and join us each and every week here on the Northern Kentucky Spotlight. So until next week, for Jeremy, I'm Catherine. Have a great week.